Well, the 49ers acquired Christian McCaffrey. Let's talk about that and the New England Patriots. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back once again. Hope everyone is having a great start to their Friday. Hope everybody enjoyed Thursday Night Football. And if I sound a little different, well, that's because we've had to re-record the intro to the show today. And that's because we had an original topic where we're going to get into the New England Patriots. And we still will. You will hear that on the back half of this show. But we had to re-record because the 49ers decided, you know what, Thursday Night Football, yeah, you were finally having a good game, and yeah, you were finally scoring some points, and you were entertaining, and there was a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, well, we're going to trade for Christian McCaffrey and send the entire NFL world ablaze. So we are going to focus on that. Then you'll hear my thoughts on the Patriots, and then we'll talk to Keith Sanchez about the New England Patriots. So a bit of a turbo, a bit of a supersized edition of the TDN Daily Podcast to close out the week. But before we get into Christian McCaffrey being the newest member of the San Francisco 49ers, I've got to tell you about our friends over over at Bet Online, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. And over there, you're going to find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all of your sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head on over to betonline.ag to, re- to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEF, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And well, we are going to start with Christian McCaffrey here on the show today. And it's a bit of a surprise. One, that he ultimately got traded. Two, where he got traded to. And three, potentially the most important part of this, the compensation. And by now, if you have seen, you know what the compensation was. For Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers get running back Christian McCaffrey. And in return, the Panthers got back a second round pick in 2023, a third round pick in 2023, a fourth round pick in 2023, and a fifth rounder in 2024. So those are the terms of the deal. And I think there are three different ways that we can look at this. We can look at it from the 49ers perspective. We can look at it from the Panthers perspective. And then I think we can look at it from where we go from here when it comes to both of these teams. And from the 49ers perspective, boys, this is an all-in Chips in the middle move. Let's get Christian McCaffrey to pair with Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk can really give Jimmy Garoppolo all of the weapons and tools that we can give him in order to be successful. And it feels weird with all of the injuries that this team is facing on both sides of the ball that this is the kind of move that they will ultimately make. And the other big thing is, is let's talk about the investment that the 49ers have made over the last couple of years into their running back room in terms of draft capital. And I mentioned all of those picks that they got in, in this trade, but let's also not forget that they used a 2020 first third on Trey Sermon. They used a 2021 sixth on Eliza Mitchell, and they used a 2022 third on Tarian Davis-Price. And then they traded all of these picks, again, which I will tell you is a, th- a second round pick next year, a third rounder next year, a fourth rounder next year, and a fifth rounder next year. Now, if I would have told you that a team spent that much capital trying to figure out a position trying to get a position right, would you have said running back? Or would you have been like, no, Chris, they're they're trying to get an edge rusher. They're trying to get a quarterback. They're trying to get a corner. They're trying to get uh, some offensive line help. Because if I read you all of those picks, not the names, but the picks, a third, a sixth, 
in one year, a third in another year, a second, a third, and a fourth in a certain year, and then a fifth in the following year, you'd be like, okay, Chris, we're we're trying to take a swing with some some corners. We're trying to take a swing with some edge rushers. We're maybe trading some picks to bring in a corner. We're trading some picks to bring in an edge rusher. We're trying to get the quarterback position right. You would pick one of those linchpin positions that you try to solve at any price necessary in order to build a franchise winner. Well, we're doing this for a running back. And yes, it's Christian McCaffrey, but you have to take it in the totality of what this team has given up in order to get a running back. And listen, Christian McCaffrey has been hurt the last couple of years. And so this investment just keeps compounding on itself. And now the 49ers sit going into next year. And this was as of Tankathon when I, as I'm recording the show, they all, the first time they're going to pick in the 2023 NFL draft is going to be the fifth round. So they're going to sit all around day one because they don't have a day one pick. That belongs to Miami. They traded away their day two picks here to make this trade, and they're not going to pick until the fifth round of the 2023 NFL draft. So you want to talk about a move that is all in. We're putting the chips in the middle. We are going for it. We are trying to give Jimmy G, our guy, our quarterback, a chance to succeed and give him an extra piece to put us over the top. They're certainly doing it. How it's going to play out, what the long-term ramifications of it are, I think are, are going to be seen. But you got to give them credit for going all in. You can you can say, wow, this was a lot. You can say, wow, this maybe not have been the player they need. But credit where credit is due. This is a blockbuster big-time trade in the National Football League. We don't see them too often in the middle of the season, and we got one uh, from the, the 49ers. And if you can tell in the way that I'm presenting this of the amount of picks that were given up and the, the quality of the picks that were given up, I think you're going to have a pretty good idea of how I feel about ca- how Carolina did here because – I think they're winners. I think they're huge winners. I think this is a home run for them in terms of trying to rebuild in a hurry. David Tepper, in the press conference that he had after he fired Matt Rule, he talked about the idea of everybody starts with the same number of assets. Everybody starts with the the same amount of money. They start with the same amount of picks. Well, that is true that everyone's got the same salary cap and and everyone is supposed to have the same number of draft picks. Carolina has been uh, uh, very diligently giving their their picks away the last couple of years. And so they don't have the same number of picks that everybody else has. But what I think this deal does is it really restocks the cupboard that was very bare in the Carolina Panthers kitchen. Because they did not have a lot of options at their disposal to try to rebuild this team. Because they're going to have to take a swing at a quarterback. They're going to need some help on the offensive line. They're going to now need some wide receiver help. They're going to need help on defense. This is a team that is still a couple years away, specifically at the quarterback position. Well, the best way to be able to get a young quarterback and then be able to surround them with pieces in order to succeed is to have multiple swings at the bat. And so now this team has picked up multiple day two picks to go with the right now what would be a top five pick in the National Football League draft. So you give them a ton of credit to be able to really kind of rebuild this thing on the fly. And the big takeaway that I have here is I don't know if this team is going to need to entertain calls for Brian Burns or for DJ Moore or for any of the other pieces that are potentially going to be on the trade block because they did a really good job of adding a ton of picks here in this year's draft class. And they get an extra pick in the 2024 draft class as well from San Francisco. So credit where credit is due because there have been a lot of bad things that have gone on in Carolina with the amount of capital that they've invested in trading for Sam Darnold and then getting Baker Mayfield and using a third round pick on uh, Matt Corral. There have been some investments into the quarterback position. We've traded some picks to get some help in the cornerback department for the defense. But this is a home run when they're there has been a lot of criticism for the Carolina Panthers in terms of their drafting, the coach, some of the some of the changes that they've made in free agency. There's been a lot of question marks about this team, but we got to call it uh, a spade a spade, and we got to give them credit where credit is due because they deserve some credit for what they're able to get away with here. Because did they get the multiple first that maybe they were initially floating out there? No, but I think they did a lot better than a lot of us anticipated 
them doing when they traded Christian McCaffrey. So a big win for them, and I, I don't think they're going to be that far off of being able to use all these picks to potentially get another running back to, to fill in Christian McCaffrey's spot and then have a bunch of other picks because it was a numbers game for them. They were down in numbers compared to everybody else. So getting these numbers back uh, in the draft pick compensation department was a big win. Where do we go from here? Well, I, I kind of gave you those thoughts. I think the 49ers have put all their chips in the middle. They're going for it. They are all in. They are trying to win now with Jimmy G, and, and you give them credit. And for, for the Panthers, I think they can take their foot off the gas a little bit. They can always pick up the phone. They can always entertain an offer, but they can really stay firm with their idea of, listen, you want to get one of these other players? It's going to take a high bargain because we feel like we are in a better position than we were yesterday. I don't think you shut down conversation. I don't think you shut down the opportunity to make a, a decent move if one presents itself. But I think for right now, the Carolina Panthers can take a step back and say, okay, we moved one of the pieces and got probably more than we were anticipating. We can kind of reset and retool here and figure out where we want to be. And they are in a much better position in the offseason uh, than I think we originally thought when they were going to have to clean house and, and, and make some trades. And so now you've got some draft picks. You're going to bring in a new head coach. I think there's some positive vibes that we can put around this Carolina Panther team for the long term. Short term, not so much, but long term, you feel really, really good. Switching gears to the topic that was the original uh, concept for today's show, the New England Patriots, I won't spend too much time here, and I'll kick it over to my conversation that I had with Keith, because the big thing that I wanted to get into with him, and you'll hear it in the conversation, again, I'm recording this monologue now after the fact, so I'll talk about it in past tense, uh, not like I did earlier, but this is a Patriots team that, that sits 3-3. Three and three. They sit in the heat of this AFC uh, East battle. They sit in the heat of this AFC battle, and I, I wanted to get to the bottom of how this team was able to survive the Mac Jones injury and, and somewhat thrive in some regards, and what has been the biggest key to the way that they're doing things. Uh, is there a difference between the way between the way Bailey Zappi is playing the quarterback position and the way Mac Jones played the quarterback position? Is there truly a quarterback controversy on the horizon? Um, I personally don't think so. Bailey Zappi has come in and basically done all the same things that Mac Jones has been asked to do, and Mac Jones was, a, was the quarterback that brought this team to the playoffs last season. We're not going to ride him out of town after just a couple of games in his second year, again, after being one of the main reasons why they were able to be in the playoffs last year because of his understanding of the offense. We talk about the coaching uh, of Joe Judge and Matt Patricia on the offense and how maybe we are surprised a little bit by the way things are going. And I think the ultimate question that I wanted to have answered uh, today in my conversation with Keith is the idea of have we learned anything different about the New England Patriots that we didn't know at the beginning of the season? Or despite all the twists and turns in this story, the roller coaster ride that this team has been through, specifically at the quarterback position, do we feel the same? Do we feel that this team is playing out exactly the way we thought they would from a talent perspective, from an execution perspective, and from a record perspective? And so that was my big takeaway going into this conversation with Keith. And so I'll pass it on to the past version of myself that started that conversation with Keith, and we'll talk about the New England Patriots. Keith, I said it in the monologue, and we're going to get to the quarterback controversy part of this in a second, but I said in the monologue that I didn't buy into this Patriots team going into the season. I was skeptical of their ability to win football games. I was skeptical of their ability to compete with the rest of the AFC East and the rest of the AFC. And right now, they are still at the bottom of the AFC East, but they're they're starting to win games. They're starting to find a rhythm, and they're doing so while their starting quarterback has been hurt. So we have to untangle this ball of yarn here. How have they done this? Because Bailey Zappi has come in. He came in in that Green Bay game. He looked good. The offense looked good there. They've now won two in a row. This team certainly looks different than the team we thought, saw at the beginning of the season. What happened? What's changed? 
Well, first, Chris, we, we have to start with your opponent, right? I, I think that 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 that's a big part of this. And uh and you know, they they've been able to beat the Lions, right? And they've been able to beat the Browns. So that's that's two teams that that that's part of the the equation, right? They've been able to beat up on some 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 not so good teams right now. Um and then man, just bliss just playing a smash mouth style of football, right? Like and we know the Patriots to have played that. And, and, you know, we talked about this, right, that they'll get away with some games. So I think they're in a portion of their schedule where they're winning the games that they're supposed to win. So I think that's a big explanation, um, you know, for the win streak right now. So you're so the way I take that is, OK, let's pump the brakes on the Patriots are back. Bill Belichick, evil genius. He's figured yeah, this out. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's more so like, hey. Look at who they played. Like, let's let's keep yeah. it in check. Let's make sure. Now, listen, Keith, you're not doing me any favors because they play the Bears on Monday night. So it's like so this train might keep rolling a little <laughs> bit here. Yeah, we may have this same conversation next week. You bring me on TD and Daily, and we might say the Patriots <laughs> extended that win streak uh, because the, the the Bears are they may be worse than the Lions and the and the who else the Lions and the Browns. I'm sorry. So let's let's talk about this offense as a whole because obviously they've made the quarterback yep. change. But we, let's talk about the skill players. Let's talk about the running game. They they haven't been with, with Damian Harris has been out. So Ramondre Stevenson has stepped up. We we know the investments that they've made in the last couple of years, bringing in Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith for the tight end position. How has the, how from your perspective, you've watched, you've gone in on the deep dive on this. How has this skill group performed, not just in this stretch, but the entirety of the season? Yeah, they, they've been solid. I think the Patriots have found ways to start to work in their tight ends, which they needed to, right? They spent a whole lot of money on two tight ends. You need to get those guys involved, and they need to have, um, you know, proportionate target share for how much they take up of your salary cap and how much they're getting paid out of all the skill positions. And then receivers is this. Listen, last year, you know, they had a couple of these guys on the roster. Then they, they're this year. I think they're, they understand who they have and what positions to put them in, right? I don't think every receiver on this, this uh, depth chart is a well-rounded receiver, but they're putting them in positions to do what they do best. So that's why you're starting to see the emergence of a Jacoby Myers, um, you know, going up the field and making plays and things like that. So it's, it's just a matter of understanding the pieces that you have and asking them to do what they do best, which is a, a big part of coaching, right? Like you're not supposed to ask your players to do what they don't do best. You're supposed to ask them to do what they do best. And that's what the Patriots are doing right now. Okay, that's a very interesting thing you said right there because you remember we had the conversations almost weekly in the TDN staff meetings about yep. what are they doing with their offensive coaching staff. We got Joe Judds and Matt Patricia as co-offensive offensive coordinators scheming up this offense, calling plays when that's not the background of either of those guys. And you just said they're doing a great job putting their players in a position to succeed. So do we need to give some credit? Let's talk about the coaching situation here with Joe Judge, with, with Matt Patricia. Great their performance how have they been doing is this is this a creative offense does it feel like they're doing a good job from that perspective yeah so I, I wouldn't say that it's creative right I, I think it's it's you know the the kiss method right when they say keep it simple stupid I think so you, it's that right there you're, you're saying that we're not gonna mistake the Joe Judge Matt Patricia offense for a Sean McVay offense is that what I'm getting I, at here I guarantee you that won't come off and you won't be mistaken of that um like I said man, they're keeping it simple um they're doing what you know what what they they, they like to do and, and you best believe right from last year to this year obviously Josh McDaniels has left they don't have an offensive 
coordinator. But guess what didn't leave with Josh McDaniels? The playbook, right? So there's still plays that are in that building that the Patriots have been running for a very, very long time. And all they've done is this is just implemented, right? And, and finding ways to get um, you know, their skill position players, Ramondre Stevenson, and then also the quarterback involved where they, they can make some plays. I, I just, I guess when we, we talked about this team, we thought that this was going to be the problem, right? We thought that those two guys were going to be uh, the thing that held this offense back. And it certainly feels as though with the quarterback change that they're finding at least a rhythm offensively. Is it pretty? No, I don't think we would describe no, it as not. pretty. Is it, is it flashy? No, I don't think we would describe it as flashy, but it's getting the job done when they need it to. Heck, they're three and three. And again, it's, a, it's an easy part of the schedule for them, but they're getting the job done. And so I think, as they get more comfortable, because remember, they're six games into this, I, I think we're going to see a sort of an evolution in how they do things. And you got to give credit where credit is due, because again, we all summer long just destroyed this decision and said it's going to be a complete dumpster fire. And I don't think it has been right. I, I, I don't think you would you would say that either. It It's simplistic. It's not the way we're seeing offense run across the league in, in its entirety, but it's working for them. It's it's working with the personnel that they have. Yeah, I agree. But I, I I would say this also too, Chris, right? That's part of the problem. Like we've seen this iteration of the Patriots last year, right? Where they're a team that can grind it out. They'll win some close games. Offensively, they won't be extremely, you know, they won't wow you. Defensively, they'll keep you in the game. But we wanted to see them take the next step, right? So I think me, as someone who watches the Patriots and has to scout them and is responsible for, you know, just breaking down their team, it was all about taking the next step, right? Like what playmakers are you going to bring to taking the next step? Now, did these players fill their roles properly? Yes, but it's still as far as you, you won't ever mistake the Patriots for being an explosive offense. And I think that's part of the problem when you're talking about the Patriots competing, um, you know, for playoffs. I think what I hear you saying there is there's a ceiling to where this can take them. There is a there sort is of, definitely a ceiling. Right, that they're not going to be able to get past a certain bar. They're going to be able to do what they do really well, but they're not going to do a lot more than that. They're going to be very stuck in the box of what they do. Uh, one of the things you focus on when you when you evaluate these teams, and you don't just cover the Patriots, you cover the Jets. I'm sure we'll talk about them at some point here on this show. I'll have you on. We'll have a nice Jets debate. But one of the things you focus on is the first and second year players. You, 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 you put a nice focus on what those guys are doing. Well, speaking of a first year player who's had to be thrust into a role, the <laughs> Last three weeks let's talk about bailey zappy let's talk about yeah, the performance he's been able him. to put together what have you seen when you've turned on the film of bailey zappy in his he comes in the game against green bay that's a close competitive game that they almost win and now he's rattled off two wins each of the last two weeks yeah, I, I've been impressed with Bailey Zappi. Not impressed just because his name is attached to a couple wins from that perspective. But, man, when you really watch the film and you watch him go through everything, he does a good job of going through his progressions. And as a young quarterback, he looks extremely comfortable in his offense, man. Like, it, it looks like when he was in college, right, is, is progression one, progression two, progression three, get rid of the football. And what that lets me know is this. When you're not holding on to the football as a quarterback, you, one, know your play, right? Like, you know what you're supposed to do. But then secondly, you know what the defense is supposed to do. So that means that you're seeing, a, you're seeing it well, right? Like, you know what's going on. And I think that's a huge step, especially for a young quarterback. Because don't we always talk about how, man, the game is moving too fast, right? Sam Donald, you know, speaking about the Jets, right? He was in, what, year four, and he was talking about seeing ghosts, right? Like, I, I didn't see that yet out of Bailey Zappi. Obviously, it's still early on in his career defenses would throw more things at him but I was extremely impressed with him how he was able to get through his progressions find a find a receiver that was open and then deliver accurate passes like he's hitting receivers in strides he's giving them opportunities to make plays so I think that was something that was really impressive you just described Mac Jones to me Keith 
a person who's Uh-oh. confident, poised. And consi- I mean, that's what you just described to me, right? I mean, it's not. <laughs> I, I listen, and it was it was the thing we talked about at the time when they made the pick. It's like, huh, this is weird. You drafted Mac Jones, and now you're drafting Bailey Zappi, yeah. who, from a strength perspective, does kind of the same thing. Are we really just drafting a backup quarterback with one of our middle round picks? Like this feels really odd, and it still feels odd, even though they've had to use Bailey Zappi and he's been able to be a, a a contributor to their team this year. But Keith, everything you just said there about Bailey Zappi is exactly what I would say about Mac Jones from the way the offense is structured. So it felt, and this is a credit to Bailey Zappi, that the offense and the coaching have been able to say, okay, Bailey, you're in. Mac, you're out because you're hurt. And they haven't had to change anything. No, that's that exact that's exactly what it looks like. And I would I would, you know, urge all of our listeners to go to was that day three of our T, of our TDN live draft show and to see our reactions, right? And and this was part why I was kind of like, I don't get the Bailey Zappy pick because Bailey Zappy was a decent quarterback. And if anything happened to Mac Jones, you can foresee Bailey Zappy stepping into the spot and doing exactly what he's done. And yes, now you've created somewhat of a quarterback controversy. And I hate to get into too much of dynamics, right? But you're talking about years, right? It's one thing to pair up a a young quarterback with an older quarterback to mentor him, right? But these guys are going to mature in the NFL at the very same time. So if Mac Jones is your starter and Bailey Zappi is your career backup, like it, they cancel each other out, right? Like they'll be on year 15, 16. Like it'll just go the same. But man, watching the film, yes, that's exactly what's what's happening. The the Patriots offense, it, it appears as though they're doing some of the same exact things. Does Mac Jones have I mean, does Bailey Zappi have as much arm talent as Bailey? Zappi? I mean, as as Mac Jones? No, but he's he's able he's able to work short to intermediate throws, and he's able to hit the receivers accurately in stride, and that's something that the Patriots ask of their quarterbacks, and he's able to do that. So it looks like it appears to be the same exact thing. Okay, you said it, and I, I mentioned it at the top that we would talk about it. There is sort of this media-driven controversy of, do we have a quarterback controversy in New England? And everything we hear is that Mac Jones, once he is cleared, um, will be the starter once again. So I ask you, you've watched all six games of this team. You've watched the mm-hmm. film. You've seen Mac Jones play. You've seen Bailey Zappi play. I'm not going to say, do you think there is a quarterback controversy? I'm going to ask the question to you this way. Should there be a quarterback controversy? Is Bailey Zappi playing that much better than Mac Jones that that there should be the issue pressed of there's a quarterback controversy? Ah, shoot. You're asking me to stir the pot, baby. You're asking me to stir Listen, the pot. You can say no, that then you're not stirring the pot. You're just saying, nope, we're gonna go back to Mac Jones. This is what we're gonna do. I'm just asking you the question. You've watched all six games, you've watched the film, you've watched both guys play. I know how I feel. I want to know how you feel. Yeah, so I would I would say no just from the perspective of this. Mac Jones didn't do anything to lose his job, and I, I think that Mac Jones has a little bit of a higher ceiling, right? And you go with the more talented football player. So I wouldn't, but I would say this. If I'm the Patriots, this is how I would play this, right? Like the NFL was able to get an eye on Bailey Zappi, and we know that, guess what? These backup quarterbacks, if they come in and play well, historically, they, they're they heavily compensated, right, from teams that are desperate for quarterbacks. And guess what? Teams are ready to spend draft picks. So um, I'm, I'm kind of flaunting that out there if I'm the, the New England Patriots. Like, hey, Bailey Zappi came in. He's capable of running some type of NFL offense, and hopefully I could get some type of draft compensation. Yeah, Keith, I, I I fall in the same bucket, right? I don't think Mac did anything in in his. This, listen, Mac Jones took this team to the playoffs last year. Okay, yeah. let's not forget that. And he didn't do anything at the beginning of the season to warrant. He's not out here, you know, throwing fourteen pick sixes or like he's not doing that. He's not playing terribly, right? And he just took the team to the playoffs a year ago. And again, a year ago, 
they used a first round pick on a quarterback. The New England Patriots used a first round pick first on round a quarterback. Pick, yep. Like let's we we can't lose sight of that. And I understand we got to look at the short term when we're looking at what's right in front of us. But there is nothing that Mac Jones has done to warrant losing the job. And it's not like Bailey Zappi's going out there throwing for 350, 400 yards a game, throwing for four touchdowns every game, and is out there making plays like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Right? He's not doing that. He's doing exactly what is asked of Mac Jones. So to me, once Mac Jones is clear, once he's healthy, it's just going to be we're going to swap them back. And now you have a really capable backup in case things go south the remainder of the season. So now, okay, let's let's spin the question this way. You look at this Patriots team, and I know we all had our preconceived thoughts of what they were going to be. I'll raise my hand and say I thought they were going to finish last in the AFC East. Uh, that's the Jets bias in me, but I did not think this team was very good talent-wise on both sides of the ball. Through six games, we're a third of the way through the season. We played six weeks of football. There's 12 weeks of football action left to be played. Has your opinion of the New England Patriots changed at all from the beginning of the season? No, it has not changed. And that's because I thought there's a team that can play decent defense, right? Um, win the games that they're supposed to win. So they'll, they'll come in somewhere around 500, maybe a little less than 500, maybe a game over 500. But ultimately, there's a cap on this football team when it comes to offensive talent and what they can do. So I think, like I said, I think this is when you talk about the 2021 season, just press the repeat button. <laughs> I think it's the same exact thing. Um, there are no glaring upgrades anywhere on this roster. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, Keith. I, th I think when you look at the way the season has played out, and maybe it hasn't played out script-wise the way we thought it would, where Mac Jones would be playing all six of the, these games, right. but being being around 500 and struggling at times offensively, but being able to be in games because of their defense is exactly what I expected the Patriots to be, right? And I and over the course of 18 weeks, I think they just wear down over time, and they kind of falter to the finish line at the end of the season. But through six weeks... I feel the same way because nothing's really changed other than the person under center. And we just talked about how it's basically the same thing. They're doing the same stuff. Keith, I always appreciate you giving, uh, giving us a few minutes here to talk about the New England Patriots and kind of put this into focus. We can kind of get wild out there sometimes with where we go. <laughs> Quarterback controversy, Bailey Zappi going to lead the Patriots in the AFC. We just we sometimes got to rein it in. And so you did the film deep dive. And so I was appreciative of you giving us a few minutes here on the show today. Oh, no problem. That's going to do it for the Friday edition of TDN Daily. Hope everyone had a great week. Hope everybody enjoys the football action that is on the docket for this weekend. Talk to everybody on Monday.